Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Davelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. Petros Kasvikis, the Washington, D.C. correspondent for the Athens News Agency and Greece's Mega TV, joins The Greek Current today with the latest analysis from the capital of the United States. We'll look at the U.S. reaction to the defense agreement Greece and France signed on Tuesday, the ongoing negotiations for the mutual defense cooperation agreement between Greece and the United States, and the latest statements on the MDCA by the State Department, the decision by the U.S. to renew the partial waiver on the arms embargo on Cyprus, and the latest Senate letter to President Biden urging him to hold President Erdogan accountable for Ankara's crackdown on democracy and pluralism in Turkey. Petros, welcome back on The Greek Current. Hi, Thanos. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Petro, let's start with the agreement between Greece and France. On Tuesday, Greece signed an arms deal with France for the purchase of frigates worth about 3 billion euros. The agreement, which comes in the wake of the AUKUS deal between Australia, the UK, and the United States, is part of a broader defense agreement that French President Emmanuel Macron and Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis described as historic. Both leaders also stressed this deal was not an alternative to their alliance with the United States. How has Washington reacted to this agreement? Yes, Thanos, it is indeed a historic agreement, and I believe that Washington responded in a politically correct way, I would dare to say. We did see a response from the State Department, which stated that the United States is welcoming to the continuing investments that this is making in its defense sector. This statement is also acknowledging that Greece is one of the few European countries that actually spends 2% of its GDP in the defense, which is a NATO obligation. And overall, the State Department highlighted the enhanced cooperation that has been achieved in the defense sector over the last year between the two countries. However, as we say in Greek, the devil hides in the details. If we review carefully this announcement, we can see that there are some points that showcase an American disappointment. The United States was in the game. They wanted to secure uh, this contract. And I think they expressed their disappointment in a very polite and diplomatic way and careful way, I would dare to say. Petro, while Turkey slammed this deal between Greece and France, as was expected, there were also some European analysts who took to Twitter to question the deal. Can you talk about this response to the deal from within some circles in Europe? I think it would be more precise to say German analysts instead of European or analysts who express the point of view of Berlin. You know, we can agree to disagree, but this is complete nonsense and I would dare to say shameful. For example, where were all these so-called analysts when Turkey was breaking every norm of the international law and when Turkey was threatening the sovereignty of two EU member states? They were nowhere to be found. And now they are trying to convince us that they care for the European project and that this agreement with France threatened the Union. Actually, Germany has stood in the way for every major decision that will push forward European integration and will advance the European project. We saw that during the financial crisis, and we saw that even with the overall conversation that is taking place for having a common defense and even a European army between the member states. Petro, bringing us back to Washington, in its statements on the Greece-France deal, the State Department also commented on the ongoing negotiations between Athens and Washington on updating the Mutual Defense and Cooperation Agreement, or the MDCA. 
It was reported that the United States is now saying the agreement could be extended indefinitely. What's the latest news here, and what does extending the agreement indefinitely mean? Yes, the word indefinitely was something actually that we heard it for the first time this week. As far as we know, Greece is currently negotiating a five-year extension of the agreement, which can pave the way for materializing increased investments in the Suta Bay. Indefinitely might be the next step to take, but I don't think it is right now on the negotiating table. As far as we know, the negotiations were not moving fast enough during the last months, and there was concern that we will not be able to reach an agreement by mid of October. This now seems to have changed. One reason for the delay that we experienced was that a lot confirmations in the State Department did not move fast enough. This meant that a lot of positions were vacant and the American side was not prepared to negotiate this agreement in a higher political level, which was deemed to be necessary for surpassing all the obstacles. And at least from my perspective, I think that the agreement with France made a big difference because it gave the luxury to Greece to be more flexible and ease some of its demands. And I think this is a factor that helped to surpass that stalemate. And I'm optimistic that we will have an agreement in the end. And Foreign Minister Dendias is expected later this month in Washington to sign the agreement, correct? Of course. The official reason for his visit is the strategic dialogue that will take place. And everyone wishes that the agreement will be completed so he will be able to sign uh, the Mutual Defense Cooperation Agreement. But the two things, they are not necessarily connected with each other. Even if we don't have an agreement, the minister will come to Washington and the strategic dialogue, which cover a lot of different aspects of the bilateral relationship and the cooperation, will take place. Petro, how has this discussion about the MDCA in Washington this week been received in Athens? So throughout the last months, I think there was a division between the defense ministry and the foreign ministry in Greece because they were watching this agreement through a very different lens. And this, as a result, they had different preferences and priorities. But overall, I think Athens is happy with the fact that this agreement will expand the American military presence in Greece and it will provide a solid foundation that will institutionalize the defense cooperation. Athens wants to see increased American presence in Greece, and this is something that will happen with this agreement. So I think in that regard, Athens has every reason to be happy. Petro, moving us to Cyprus, on Thursday, the State Department said it was renewing the partial waiver on the arms embargo on Cyprus for one more year. This development was welcomed in Nicosia as an important step in the right direction. What message does this send about U.S.-Cyprus relations? Yes, I think that U.S.-Cyprus relations is in a positive trajectory, and this announcement points in that direction. We see slow but steady steps for enhancing the cooperation between the United States and Cyprus. As you mentioned, this is a significant step because for many years in the eyes of American diplomats, Cyprus was just a problem. They were watching the island through the lens of the Cyprus issue. Now, I think they have come to realize that Cyprus is not only an anchor of stability in a democratic country, in a very troubling uh, region, but it is also a country that can play a very significant role 
in promoting the interests of the West in the Eastern Mediterranean. So in that context, we have seen tremendous improvement in the bilateral relationship. And I think that this positive momentum will continue to take place over the next years. Wrapping up our conversation, Petro, I want to look at some of the latest developments in the U.S. Senate with regard to Turkey. Turkey has featured heavily in the news this week, and aside from members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee asking important questions about Turkey during Jeff Flake's nomination hearing for the position of U.S. Ambassador to Turkey, 10 key senators are now urging President Biden to hold Erdogan accountable for the country's democratic backsliding and its crackdown on Turkey's Kurdish population. Which senators are leading this effort, and what exactly are they calling for here? Yes, Senator Chris Van Hollen and James Langford spearheaded this effort. Pretty much they are pressuring the administration to take concrete action for holding Turkey accountable, both for the violation of human rights and democratic freedoms, but also for the fact that the Erdogan government is disenfranchising the whole Kurdish population. Congress is very much aware of all these gross violations of human rights and democratic freedoms that they are taking place in Turkey. Congress is doing the right thing and it is putting pressure into the administration. But the question is whether the State Department and the White House are ready to use political capital for holding Turkey accountable or they will return to business as usual and they will try to appease Turkey. Petro, thanks for joining us on The Greek Current again. Always great speaking with you. Thank you for having me, Tano. In other news, Greece's Prime Minister flew to the eastern Aegean island of Samos Friday to view a new camp for asylum seekers that has replaced the island's old squalid facility and said his government's migration policy has crushed migrant smuggling networks. Speaking in the remnants of the old camp on the edge of the island's main town, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said he would continue to press European Union countries to come up with a common policy that would share responsibility for migrants among the member states. After visiting the new camp, Mitsotakis also stressed that Greece will not allow a repeat of the 2015 migration crisis to unfold on its borders following the deteriorating situation in Afghanistan. Finally, Greek culture minister Lina Mendoni said UNESCO had taken an important step by passing a decision urging the return of the Parthenon marbles from the British Museum. Mendoni said that UNESCO called on the UK to enter into a discussion with Greece, recognizing that the issue is of an intergovernmental nature in contrast to claims from the British side that it is a matter for the British Museum and that Greece has a valid and legal claim to demand the return of the sculptures. Greece's petition to have the sculptures reunited with their other surviving artifacts at the Acropolis Museum has gained additional urgency following reports of water leaks and mold at the gallery where they are kept in the British Museum. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.